welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Well, I hope you're a little more awake than first service was, and I hope you've had your coffee because I'm ready to preach today, and I'm so excited you're here. Um, pastor John is my husband. I'm also your Connections pastor here, but he is away in Israel today, and he'll be back on Thursday, so he's having a great time. Pray for him and his travels, but he sends his greetings. He sends his love in the name of Jesus, and I am so glad to be with you, but I'm going to tell you what, I feel a little set up today. Because when I agreed to preach, first of all, I was supposed to be on the trip with him. And I just told him, I said, I can't go because I have a wedding to plan for my daughter. And it's just not the right time for me to go. So yeah, so he said, well, that's fine. You stay and you preach. (laughs) So I got set up a little bit because if you were here last week, you know that Reggie Dabbs was in the house. Who wants to preach after Reggie? Not me. And then also daylight savings. Who wants to preach on daylight savings time? Nobody. So anyway, and today to top it off and preaching on obedience. So who wants to hear that? So three strikes. So feel a little bit set up today, but thanks for bearing with me. And I am just honored always to take the pulpit and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't take it lightly. Amen. Well, this series we're coming in that I'm kicking off today is called After the Encounter. And it's going to be talking about the Old Testament characters, just four of them we're going to highlight that encountered God. And because they encountered God, we want that to stir your spirit where you can encounter God, where you can learn from these encounters, you can be inspired by these encounters, and you can relate to these encounters. But really our heart and our personal time where we're seeking the Lord and and just give teaching on how to do that. Does that sound okay? All right. So thanks, Barnabas. You're so encouraging. I love that. So today we're going to start in the first book of the Bible. We're going to start in Genesis, and we're going to start with a character named Noah. Has anyone heard of Noah before? Is that a familiar name to you? So, okay, if we did word association and I said Noahians, or to come face to face with something or someone. Now, I'm going to have Stacy leave that up there for a minute because I want you to look at that in terms of your relationship with God, that you would come have an unexpected experience And that you would come face to face with God. That you would encounter him. That you would meet with him. You know, as I looked at worship today, I looked around the room and I saw the faces. I saw the hunger that was reaching out. I saw the pressing in to meet with God. I love that. I saw that and I sensed the hunger in this room to know God more and to want more of him. And I love that. And that's the word that God gave me as I looked around this congregation today is that he, there's more. So to keep pressing in for that, to keep desiring his will, to keep pushing forward, because God has more for you today. Can someone say more? More. I believe it with all my heart. So unlike some of the other characters that we're going to look at through this study, Noah encountered God, but there's no big aha moment that Noah has with God. There's no parting of the Red Sea. There's, there's no burning bush. There's no thunderous voice that falls from heaven. There's no one that's anointed. There's no one that's healed. But yet Noah encountered God. And we're going to look at that today. So Noah encountered God. How can we encounter God like Noah did? Well, first of all, number one, Noah walked with God. 
Noah walked with God. Scripture tells us that Noah walked with God. And trust me, when you walk with God, God is walking with you. Can I get an amen? Noah was walking with God. I mean, him and God were tight. He knew God's heart. They were on the same page. It says that Noah walked with God and he was a man of righteousness. He was blameless with spiritual integrity and character. Now, he wasn't a perfect man, and that shows up later in his life, but Noah walked with God, so Noah didn't have a one-time encounter with God. Noah had a lifetime encounter with God. He walked with God. He walked with God 24-7, 365, and he included God in every part of his life. He walked with God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He walked with God in the highs and in the lows. He walked with God in the mountaintops and in the valleys. He was all in. He walked with God. So his life was an encounter, and he was all in in a a world that was not all in. He was all in in a world where nobody else was in, literally. And so the whole world it's described as the whole world was wicked. And what was the wickedness? So I'm going to name a few that we find in scripture. Immorality, violence, lewdness, vulgarity, profanity, lying, killing, blasphemy, just to name a few. And so this is Noah's day, but here's Noah and he's a righteous man. He's blameless. He's one who walked with God. And his goal in living in the land was not to be a popular in the land in which we lived because the land in which he lived was not popular with God. You see, his goal was to be pleasing to the Lord. How many of you know when you please the Lord, you're going to look a little different? When you please the Lord, you're going to walk a little different. To, to be a Noah in a secular world, and the more serious you are about your walk with God, you're going to look a little odd. Because righteousness is so counterculture, and it always has been. Righteousness is not popular, but Noah walked with God. And so here we are. We pick up in Genesis chapter 6, but just to give some recap, Genesis 1 to 6, a lot has happened A lot of it has happened where this perfect paradise that God has intended, that he's just created only five chapters earlier, now incredibly in all the world, only one man and his family still worshiped God. I mean, isn't that frightening to see how quickly all of humanity forgot God? Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, I'm going to read. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So we're getting a sense of the heart of the father where his heart is broken from the sins of mankind. His heart is broken because these people have chosen sin and death over a relationship with him. And so I want to tell you today is that our sin today is no different. It breaks the heart of God. That's heavy. Our sin today is no different than it was in Noah's day, where it grieves the heart of God. But Noah still walked with God. He encountered God because he walked with God. And number two, he encountered God because Noah heard God. Genesis chapter 6, starting reading with it, verse 11, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, 
It was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark. This would be the turning point in the story where God tells Noah, I want you to build an ark. And I just, have you ever thought about this before? I mean, literally, you're, you're Noah, and you're in casual conversation with God, and you're encountering him every day. And all of a sudden, he comes to you and says, hey, I'm going to destroy the earth, and I want you to build a boat on dry land, and you haven't seen it rain yet, and there hasn't been a flood yet, but I'm going to need you to trust me on this one. I mean, wow. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7, this is the faith chapter, and Noah makes it in the faith chapter. In the great hall of faith, it says this, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, built the ark. So what's that telling us? Noah was asked to do something he'd never seen before. Noah is asked, he's being warned by God about something that he's never even seen that's going to happen. I mean, we are talking about blind faith here, right? I mean, seriously, blind faith. And so God's going to destroy the world. He tells Noah, hey, build a boat on dry land, even though you don't know what a flood is. And we don't know that you've ever seen rain before, because most scholars agree that he probably never had even seen rain, but you're going to have to trust me. And I just want to give you some context on what God is asking him to do. Because you know, when God asks you to do something, it's usually way bigger than yourself. He, God asks him to build this ginormous boat. And, and the measurements today would look like one and a half football fields long. I mean, that's huge. It would be as wide as a six-lane interstate highway. And it would be as tall as a four-story building. I mean, isn't that incredible? I mean, think back, no machinery, no modern-day technology, and here's one man being asked to build this boat. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive, right? And it would take him 120 years to do this. 120 years. So for Noah, obedience meant long-term commitment to a project. You know, there are three stages whenever I feel like God is asking me to do something that I, that's bigger than me. I go through three stages. It's number one, God, that's impossible. And I'm pretty sure that's probably where Noah was right now. Like, what? What in the world? That's, um, that's impossible, God. But then, then number two, you get into it and you realize God is with you. And number two, you, you say, well, I think this is really imp- not impossible, but maybe really difficult. Like, this is hard. And then God continues to keep meeting you there. And then number three, God, you did it. And it's done. Amen? That's the three stages we go through. So obedience to God is our job. But the results of that obedience, that's God's job. And so to encounter God, we need to hear God. Noah heard God. If we can just talk for a minute about hearing the voice of God. This is something that we, we, we believe that God speaks to his children. And I know there's lots of questions about this sometime. 
about what does that look like. This is something that I haven't even perfected in my own life. It's a journey. It's something that we grow in and hearing the voice of God where we think, okay, we test it out and say, okay, that sounds like God and we put it against scripture. And But God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through other people and he can speak to us in our heart. Now I'll say I've never heard God audibly I've never heard him speak words in my ear where I've heard him out loud, but his spirit lives in me, and I've heard him in my spirit. I've heard him in my heart. I've heard him in my thoughts, and I've sensed his voice in my life. You guys see, we have a speaking God. He wants to speak to us. It's not just the Old Testament characters that get talked to. It's not just the New Testament characters that get talked to. It's not just the pastors or the church leaders that God wants to speak to. God wants to speak to his children. And that's you and that's me. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And that's Jesus saying that. So Jesus is really clear here that I want to speak to my children. We see a great example of what this looks like getting put into practice in 1 Samuel chapter 3, where there's a young boy, Samuel, and he's awoken in the middle of the night by his name being called Samuel, Samuel, and and he wakes up and he goes to the only other person in the house, and that's the priest, Eli, and he goes to him and he says, yes, what, what do you need? What do you want? And he says, well, I didn't call you. And he said, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed and gets all cozy, and he hears it again, Samuel, Samuel. And so Samuel gets up again and goes back to Eli and says, hey, I, uh, I heard you again. What did you want? He said, no, I didn't. So this happens a couple times. And Samuel, or Eli finally gets, gets the clue that, oh, this is, God must be calling his name. God wants to speak to him. So he tells this to Samuel. He says, hey, go back to bed. And the next time that voice comes, say this, speak, my Lord, your servant is listening. And Samuel does. But do you see how he had to learn the voice of God? He had to get his ear trained that, oh, I'm recognizing that voice now. And now I know who that is. See, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And why would we not expect a supernatural God to want to speak to us? Why would we expect him not to meet with us? Why would I wouldn't even want to serve a God that wouldn't want to meet with me. We can sit at his feet. We can come to the table, and we can sup with him, and he can love on us, and he can pour into us. I tell you what, I want that kind of God in my life. I hope your spirit today is getting stirred to hear from the Lord. Noah heard from God. It's a story I want to I share with you now. Nope, I'm not going to do a story yet. I'm sorry. I've skipped ahead, and this is really important, so I want to tell you. But I'm going to teach us in love. If you're not hearing the voice of God, you are either three reasons. Either number one, you're not one of his sheep. Number two, you are a baby sheep who hasn't learned yet to recognize his voice. And that's okay. Because you'll learn. Or number three, and sometimes this is me a lot of times, is I'm just not listening. Or I'm not aware of his voice. Because Jesus is talking. And sometimes it's just stilling your heart and saying, okay, God, I I missed you. I'm sorry. I want you to speak to me and leaning in to that voice. 
as a this is the story. A young man had been to Wednesday night Bible study, and the pastor there had spoken on listening to God and obeying God's voice. The young man couldn't help but wonder, does God really speak to his people today? After the service, some friends went out for coffee and pie, and they discussed the message, and several of them had talked about how God had had spoken to them or led them in different ways, and it was getting late. It was 10 o'clock, and so the man started to drive home, and sitting in his car, he began to pray, and he said, God, if you still speak to people, I will listen. And I'm going to do my best to obey. As he drove down Main Street of his town, he had the strangest thought. as to buy a gallon of milk. And he shook his head out loud and he said, he said, God, is that you? He didn't get a reply, so he just kept on going home. But again, the thought came to him, buy a gallon of milk. So the young man thought about Samuel and how Samuel didn't recognize God's voice at first and how little Samuel ran to Eli. So he said this, okay, God, in case this is you, I'm going to buy some milk. I mean, it didn't seem like too hard of a task of obedience, but he could always use the milk. So he stopped and he purchased the gallon of milk and went on toward home. As he passed 7th Street, he, he felt the urge to turn down the street. And he thought, this is crazy. And he just drove right past the intersection. And again, he felt, you need to turn around and go down 7th Street. So at the next intersection, he turned his car around and headed back to 7th Street. Half jokingly, he said out loud, okay, God, I will. He drove several blocks, and then suddenly he felt the urge to stop. And he pulled over to the curb, and he looked around. It wasn't the best of neighborhoods. The houses looked dark, and the people looked like they were already in bed. And again, he sensed something. Go and give the milk to the people in the house across the street. The young man looked at the house, and it was dark. The people either weren't home or they'd already gone to sleep. And so he started to open his car door, and then he sat back in his car seat and said, Lord, this is insane. Those people are asleep, and if I wake them up, they're going to be mad or I'm going to look stupid. Again, he felt like he should go give the milk. And finally, he opened the car door and said, Okay, God, if this is you, I'm going to go to that house. I'm going to go to that door. I'm going to give them the milk. And if you want me to look like a crazy person, I will. I want to be obedient to you. And I guess that will count for something, right? And so he walked across the street. He rang the doorbell, and he could hear some noise inside. And a man came to the door and said, Well, who is it? The man stood there in t-shirt and jeans. The, the young man thrust the gallon of milk and he said, Here, I bought you some milk. The man took it and instantly rushed down the hallway. From down the hall came a woman carrying the milk toward the kitchen. And the man now was holding her, or following her, holding a baby. And the baby was crying. And the man had tears now streaming down his face. And the man began to speak and cry. And he said, we were just praying. We ran out of money and we didn't have any milk for our baby. I was just praying and asking God to show me how to get some milk. And his wife came to the door and she said, I, I, I asked God to send me an angel with some. Are you an angel? 
The young man turned and he, he walked back to the car. Tears now streaming down his face. He knew now that God still does speak to people and God still does answer prayer. Amen. We want to encounter God. We don't want to miss opportunities like that. Can you imagine if we started operating like that? Can you imagine the testimony of God, the people in the hearts that would turn their hearts to God? Because God is so good. Noah encountered God. He encountered God because he walked with God and because he heard God and then because he obeyed God. That's point number three. See, we see this in scripture. It says that Noah, as soon as God told him to build the ark, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. That kind of obedience only comes from a long-term commitment and a long-term relationship because he had been walking with God and he knew God's voice. Noah exercised faith when he went out and chopped down the first tree. And he continued to exercise faith for 120 years as he obeyed God without seeing anything. I feel like that's a word for someone today. You aren't seeing anything, but you need to still stick with it. Keep dropping trees. Keep dropping trees because God spoke that to Noah for, for 120 years. He just had to be obedient. 50 years, saw nothing. 75 years, saw nothing. No rain, 100 years. People are thinking I'm crazy, Lord, but I'm being obedient. I'm gonna continue to walk with you. Some of you are saying, hey, I've been waiting on God a long time and I haven't seen it rain. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Can I tell you this? If you're waiting on the promises of God, don't look for shortcuts. There aren't any. When you're waiting on God and you're in that posture of waiting where he's given you something and the rain isn't coming, that's when you just draw near to him and you lean into him and you say, God, I know what I heard and I will follow you and I will keep my focus on you and I will keep my eyes on you, Jesus, as you lead me. especially in those season of waiting, especially in the most difficult times where you are in. This is where we wait on God and we just do what we've been told to do until he shows himself mighty, amen? Here's the thing, there'll never be a shortcut for living with the Holy Spirit. There'll never be a shortcut for walking with the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. There'll never be a shortcut for your obedience to God. There just won't be. God calls you all, all unto his own. You know, one of the biggest battles that you and I will face every single day is the battle to stay focused on that which we've been called. Because there's a whole lot of distractions out there. Right now, keeping the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. It's never changed. Keeping the main thing, the main thing has never been more difficult. But keeping focused on what God has called you to do. So you have no idea how dangerous you could be for the kingdom of God. And what, if you live in the full measure of what he's prepared for you, there's no telling what God can do. 
See, when we just keep walking obedience, keep walking that out, step by step, we're walking in obedience with God. There's no telling the measure of how God could use you. You just got to keep chopping trees. You got to keep chopping trees. And you might be tired. And I tell you today, it's no time to be tired. It's no time to be weary. Because if you press on, there is a harvest of righteousness waiting for you. Keep pressing on. Keep pressing on that thing that God has called you to. How many momentous events in scripture depended on one person's seemingly small act of obedience? See, your obedience affects more than you. When Noah built the, the boat, he brought his family into the boat. When, when God asks you to do something, he'll often bring other people along on the journey. Who are you bringing with you? Who are you bringing with you? says that Noah gathered his family and, and, and then it happened. Water started to come from the sky. And he looked at his family and he said, okay, family, it's time. All aboard. And the animals, two by two, a female and a male went. Mr. Lion looked at Mrs. Lion and said, come on, let's go. Mrs. Birdie looked at Mr. Birdie. Tweedledee and Tweedle. <laughs> Just check it. And all the animals of every species gravitated to the ark. You see, all of this you have to understand. Noah was given instruction without knowing how God was going to pull it off. See, there's a lot of questions. When God calls us to something, there's a whole lot of questions. What you need to do is just trust Him in the obedience. And He will show you how His plan is to pull that off. we got to get our feet moving. we got to get our faith moving. See, we, we can't wait for our emotions. Our emotions are the caboose. The engine is the obedience. See, obedience to God can't be based on how we feel because our feelings are going to change. Our obedience to God has to be based on who He is because He never changes. A lot of what we call struggling today with our obedience is just maybe simply delayed obedience that God is calling you to and you can stop struggling and just give in to what the Lord's leading you. The people of Noah's day had 120 years to change their mind because every tree that Noah dropped, he was preaching the message. Every, every lumber that he held to the, led to the ark, he was preaching a message. And even the people of the day, they didn't hear it, but he had a three-word sermon. It's going to rain. What is your life preaching right now? When you're in your waiting season, when you're in your season where you're in process, when you're waiting on God and you're not seeing the rain, where God is preparing your heart to do what he needs you to do, what's the sermon you're preaching? Is it pointing to Jesus? People are watching and your sermon is loud. Can I tell you that? See, the Bible declares, you guys, that one day Jesus is coming back. It says this, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus is coming back. And here's the deal, guys. We are seeing the days of Noah right now. We're seeing the compromise of values. We're seeing the rebellion against God. We're seeing the dismissing of God from culture. We are in the days of Noah. 
The Bible says that when you see those days, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. God has a plan for you today. He is waiting on you today and he wants you to obey. He's calling you to obedience, not partial obedience because partial obedience is still disobedience. What is God asking of you? God probably won't ask you to build an ark, but he might ask you to be a milkman. God might ask you to pray for that kid at school. God may ask you to lead that coworker, share the gospel with him and maybe lead him to the Lord or invite him to church. God might ask you to take your neighbor's groceries. Are you listening? Are you listening to God? And will you obey? Will you walk with God? Will you hear God? Will you obey God? As we bring this story to an end, it rained for 40 days. God flooded the earth. God kept Noah's family safe. And he, he, the Bible says that God remembered Noah and he made a covenant with Noah. And God sent a rainbow to remind him that he is a gracious and good God. God wants to encounter you today. And he is a gracious and he's a good God. My three points, I just want to recap. To encounter God, we have to, we have to walk with God. How's your walk? Are you walking with God 24-7, 365? If the boat were to happen today, if the boat would set sail, would you be on the boat? Are you all in? Maybe today is your day, to be sure. Maybe today is your, your day where you're fed up with living on the fence. You're fed up with being lukewarm. And you know what the Bible says about being lukewarm? It will make God sick and he will vomit you out of his mouth. Hey man, I'm not going to miss the boat. I want to walk with God. Number two, are you hearing God? God wants to speak to you today. Maybe today you're just so busy that you've never really thought about it. So I'm just going to take time and listen to that spirit voice inside of me. And I want to listen to God. Sometimes the best advice I can give you is to shut up. Shut up and listen spend time with God and then number three is obey God are you obeying God what's your excuse today Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came I think he'd have an excuse or two to not obey God some of you know exactly what God is asking you to do and yet you are not doing it and yet you wonder, where is God? Why is he not with me right now? It's because he's waiting on you to walk in what that which he's called you to walk in, whatever that is. I want to close our time today with an opportunity to come into relationship with Jesus if you're here and you haven't done that. Because this is where the encounter with God starts. This is where the encounter with God starts is just in relationship with a God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you on a cross. So right now I just ask for every head bowed and every eyes closed as we go into just an atmosphere of prayer. If that's you today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, you've never asked him to be Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's as simple as accepting Jesus into your life, believing that he is the son of God and that he's the savior of the world and confessing I am a sinner and I need a savior. 
maybe today you've you've done that before, but yet you've you've kind of been in that lukewarm place where you you've kind of had one foot in and one foot out. You're not all in and you're not 24/7 365. And today you're saying I'm going to change that today and I'm going to start my walk with God and I want to pray that prayer right now. So if that's you, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer in Christians. If I can have your support and you pray too, right out loud with us. And you want to accept Jesus into your life. We're going to do that right now. And you can walk with God. And so, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I invite you in to my life right now. I want to be all in and I want to walk with you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, can I just see your hand? No one's looking around. Thank you for that hand. God sees that. Anyone else? Praise his name. Praise his name. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to open our altars now. And I'm going to ask the ministry today team to come forward. And as you stand to your feet, we are, we've carved out, we have, we have seven minutes, so don't leave. We have seven minutes where God wants to come face to face with you. And that's going to look different for everyone in this room. Maybe it's for you just standing up and worshiping during the song. Maybe it's coming to the altar and having someone agree with you in prayer. Maybe it's bowing and getting on your face at this altar and saying, God, I repent. Or God, I need to hear you. Or God, I want to obey you. So whatever that is, will you stand to your feet right now with me? And, and we're going to have the worship team come and, and play another worship song. But don't, don't go. This is a time where we want to encounter God and we want to come face to face with him. So will you press in today? Will you press in and, and meet with God? Why would you miss this opportunity to come and press into God? Worship team. successful Christian life. You can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.